Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 64 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Your host, Christy Lee here. How are you? Hope you're having a great week, a great day, and that business is booming for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. It's fabulous to have you here. The People Powered Business Podcast will be with you each and every week. So if you enjoy what you hear today, don't forget to click subscribe so that you get the latest reminders. We have a new episode for you every single Wednesday. And for our returning listeners, thank you so much. I truly appreciate the time you take listening into the podcast, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is a little different. I'm bringing you a discussion that I had with friend and colleague Juliet Robinson from Big Goals. Juliet is a leadership expert and works with businesses on developing high-performance leadership teams, on really um, embracing a strong culture within their business, and on understanding ourselves as leaders and also our teams in more detail. Now, Juliet and I have been co-hosting some discussions over on Clubhouse recently, which has been loads of fun. Uh, And after I share this discussion with you, I will tell you a little bit more about what we're doing over on Clubhouse. But today I'm sharing with you a discussion I had with Juliet actually within her Facebook group, which is called Big Goals Leadership Group. And we were discussing hybrid teams and specifically how not only how we get the most out of hybrid teams, but what we feel is the secret source to successful hybrid teams, and that is building a culture of trust. Now, in last week's episode of the podcast, I brought you my three top tips on harnessing your hybrid teams and shared with you how excited I am about this new way that we're working and uh, the changes that we're making as a result. And I thought this was a really lovely follow-on to that episode because we were having this discussion and I thought, actually, this is a really interesting topic, this whole concept of trust in teams. And I'll probably do a whole other episode on that in itself. But the discussion that we had, Juliet and I, I thought would be of real value to you and wanted to share share it with you here on the podcast today. 
So without further ado, here is the discussion I had with Juliet Robinson on building trust in hybrid teams. Hi, and thank you for your time. No, it's great to be here. I love having these chats. And although we haven't collaborated formally, we have these discussions quite a lot. So we, do. we have a lot to share when it comes to um, yeah, the different areas that we work with our clients in. Yes, and I think it's great. And we have actually talked about sort of doing this maybe once a month around a different topic. And I think that might be an incredibly valuable thing to do. Um, Christy Lee, can you just give us a bit of background? How did you get to where you are now? What was your pathway into all of this? It's a great question. Like most people, I didn't plan my current career, um, but found myself working at a really young age in in recruitment initially. And um, whilst that wasn't a calling necessarily, it was a job that presented itself and I thought that would be okay to do for a few months before I planned to travel overseas. I did find that I had studied psychology. So my background is I studied forensic psychology at uni and I have a, a real interest in what makes people tick. And it turns out that that's actually quite handy to have when you're working mm. in the resources space. So I found very early on, even as a teenager, I was building teams for businesses. Uh, I just had a real knack of reading what people were like, who was going to work well together. There was no science behind it at that stage. I just read people well. Um, and so I started on this career, uh, ended up, you know, learning really a lot about the difference a particular employee can make on a team and a business mm-hmm. um, and ultimately went on to, to study HR and then really implement that in small to medium-sized businesses. Because what I found was all the stuff they teach you when you do your master's is totally irrelevant for most businesses unless they're big corporates. And in Australia, we're made up of small to medium-sized businesses. It, the vast majority of employees are going to be employed within small to medium-sized businesses. Yeah. And technical HR just doesn't add up. So I've really been on a quest the last 10 years to figure out what works and what doesn't in small to medium-sized businesses, particularly those with less than 100 staff. Um, and now that's what I do. I work with businesses on helping them be not only compliant with all the technical stuff, but those things that you know you can get in place when you've got a huge HR team, like knowing which people to hire when, teaching that to small businesses because I really believe that you can't have a successful business that gives you both success and freedom as a business owner without the right team and so often I'm seeing business owners feeling like they were spending all their day putting out fires with their team just having challenges on knowing who to hire and I don't think it should be that way so my goal is to make it easier for them to run great businesses. It's really interesting you say that because I've come to the leadership space in the same sort of way because I feel like there are so many people out there running the sorts of businesses you describe um, almost and have got there organically and so haven't been taught how to do the sorts of things you're describing but also haven't been taught how to do leadership. So it's really interesting Um, and yet we're expecting them to run what is a vast part of our economy all of these small and medium-sized businesses. Absolutely. Um, and from so the leadership important. perspective, we see it too within, I'm sure you see this as well, within businesses that are perhaps a little larger where people come out of really technical, professional yes. backgrounds and they are great in those yes. spaces. And they're suddenly thrust into leadership because they're so exceptional in their clinical skills. Yes. But leadership is a different skill. And yes. no one teaches it to these poor people. So yes. this is where I love having people like you that, 
teach this skill because it is a skill that people can learn. Some people, mm. you know, more naturally gifted at it than others. But we tend to place all this emphasis on technical learning, clinical learning, but we don't give people the support when we put them into leadership roles to really help them flourish. And that's where I love having services like yours that provide that gap. But that's I see that so often as well. I think you're right. And what I see so often is that it's really demoralising. If you've been technically fabulous at what you do and you're given this leadership role and you don't know how to motivate people or get them to come along with you and suddenly you're sort of failing in a sense because you have to influence these things that are out of your control or feel out of your control. So, mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, let's talk about hybrid teams because I think this is becoming a really big issue and over and certainly COVID has driven this in lots of environments and I think we're never going to go back to what what was a pre-COVID environment so I'm seeing now there's a number of hybrid teams emerging and one is where uh, there are some people who work at home and some people who work in the office um, and also there, there are hybrid teams where everybody's working at home in the office but on different days mm. so they're sort of overlapping in odd ways but they're not a hundred percent in the office together mm. um and I'm wondering are you seeing that and, and and is that one of those things that's coming through for you in terms of how teams are operating and and what those leaders are needing in terms of yeah the Absolutely. I think I think we'll never go back to how things were. And I, I actually think it's a great thing. I think we were on this pathway already, but it would have taken us 10 to 20 years to get to where we are now in 12 to 18 months. Yeah. So I actually think despite all the, you know, the bad aspects of COVID, it has given us some gifts in that we've adapted very quickly. We've proven it's possible. We've given employees what they've been asking for for years and we've proven to ourselves and to them that it, that it works. So yes. I definitely think that this is the way we're going to see some teams operate forevermore and lots of businesses get great benefits out of that. But it does pose some challenges in terms of when you're used to being a face-to-face -face leader uh, with your team and you're used to having everyone in the one place, how do you transfer that? How do you keep the team together? Mm. How do you keep things happening when you have this disjointed approach and you're right there's a mix of things where in some situations you run the risk of having an us and them which is not yeah. ideal yeah. and then you've got these other mix where people are sort of coming in and out in a much more flexible and fluid way which um, really works for some organizations but how do you rally the team and how do you keep them together I think that's a big one isn't it because what I'm seeing is there's a real challenge around how you build trust particularly that vulnerability based trust and how that works with a team culture mm. as well when you when it's harder to get everybody together in the same place. And we know that the people who are uh, meeting in person will have a different interaction to the ones mm -hmm. who are meeting virtually. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing that come through? Yeah. And we're seeing it probably wasn't as significant early on when it was all a novelty and it was new. Yeah. And I think, too, organisations were making a much bigger effort when we were in the thrust of COVID to keep their team connected online. Yeah. And yeah. we were doing things like Friday drinks and um, team lunches and dinners remotely and virtually. They're, all of that's gone away, I'm finding. And the mix of work hasn't changed. We're all remote. There's a hybrid mix. But those little things that employers were doing to keep everyone okay when we were in crisis... Yeah. 
we've forgotten about those things. And actually, they're some of those softer things that are going to keep the social fabric strong, even when we are remote. And they're the things that seem to, you know, what I'm seeing fallen by the wayside a little bit. And I think that's where, as owners and as leaders, we need to be a little bit more cautious about how we are communicating are we, you know, enabling those social interactions, those incidental social interactions that happen when we're all in one place, when we are making a cup of tea together in the kitchen or going to lunch together or grabbing a coffee together? That goes away when we're remote. So how can we create that? How can we make sure we're investing energy into maintaining or sustaining that? I think it's also with a hybrid team, it's tricky because one of the things I saw with the team I was working with um, up until uh, March this year was that as people started going back to the office, they were less inclined to get involved with something like Friday mm. drinks because suddenly there's an opportunity to go out for Friday drinks. So why wouldn't you do that if you could, having not been able to do it for so long? Mm. So, in fact, the, the only people who wanted to engage in those sorts of things um, online were the ones who weren't coming into the office. So, again, that split gets exacerbated. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering whether you've seen any of your teams, any of the ones you're working with, dealing with those sort of issues. Yeah, it's a definite challenge. And I think this is one of the real challenges for leaders is you need to keep it consistent. So yeah. however you're communicating with the people who are sitting next to you, you need to keep the communication consistent with those behind a screen at home. And it is a challenge because it's kind of human nature that we're just it, it's it's just a reaction. We're used to communicating one way. Mm. And when that default is there right next to us, we're going to do that. And so you've got to really make, I think, a mindful decision to reassess how you're communicating. Because if you're about to go and have a conversation with someone in the next office, and ordinarily you would include the person who's also working from home, you really do have to be very cautious to say, hold on, I'm not going to go and talk to them. I'm going to get them both on Zoom from the next office and from home because yes. it's the only way to keep it consistent and and really to not create that us and them because that's a, I think mm. that's a danger that we're going to be walking into. If you create an us and them, it's going to be very hard to build that trust in the team. I think that's so true. And you have to be really intentional then, don't you, because so often we come out of a meeting and we might just pull someone aside yes. or, you know, we're in the kitchen and we have that conversation that suddenly turns into a really valuable conversation and we have to find a way um, if that's still happening to as you say bring in the other people mm. who would normally be in that conversation so they're not getting left behind yeah and it's a balance um, as a leader because it's really hard to yeah. say you you want that conversation to happen because you know it's going to be valuable to mm. find a way to say this conversation is going to be really valuable let's yeah. pause and let's get so-and-so on the line or yes. let's book a meeting yes. and that's just going to have to be a conscious change in how we lead um, mm. our teams. And I think leaders who can do that successfully and can manage that will build much stronger hybrid teams than those that really struggle with that. I think that's a really, yeah, I think that's a really good point. The other thing that, that strikes me too is that when you're in the office, you can have that conversation with your boss particularly. Mm. You know where you can put your head around the door and just go, come on, I just have a minute of your time. What I saw was when we were working virtually was picking up the phone to have that conversation is a much more serious thing because you're mm. almost, there's a sense that you're intruding into their space. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know whether you can interrupt them. And the phone seems a really personal way to do it. Mm. And I think in, in a hybrid team, again, if you're still working virtually, the leader needs to be 
really cognizant of how they keep that one-to-one engagement with people, don't they? And that that connection with individuals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you can do it. And I'm, you know, you can have some scheduled one-on-ones, but for those situations like you just described, you've got to find a way for, I think, firstly, as the employee, you, you have to build the um, expectation with them that it's okay to call. If they need help, they want to run something by you that it's okay to to call. But, you know, also implementing something like a drop-in hour where you'll be available on Zoom or on the phone anytime during that hour for anyone to come to you with any problems. That's, that kind of thing gives you a way to structure your day so that there's not constant interruptions because that's ideal, but to create the space for it to happen. Yeah. No, that's a really good idea too, I think. Um, and, and, yes, it particularly if a leader is not strongly extroverted as well mm, mm. Um, or if they're highly structured it lets them set aside some time that's yeah. just for those conversations that's so true with our more introverted leaders the constant yeah. interruption would probably drive them a little batty let's be honest so um that's that's a really good point just knowing your own leadership style mm. so you can create it in a way that's not also going to put extra pressure on you as a leader Totally, yes. And, and and then being able to be there and be available without it being an interruption to something else. Mm, so it's yeah. not sort of, oh, God, okay, yes, I'll put this down. And, you know, you're actually expecting something to happen. So I think that's mm. a great approach. Mm. How are you seeing leaders in your experience building this sense of trust amongst hybrid teams? So there's not this us and them. Are you seeing them implement strategies or tactics that, that you're finding useful? Look, I'm seeing them still grapple with it, and it's interesting. Mm. The conversations we're having are some of the things you described, this idea of trying to keep the lines of communication open and trying to keep um, that that casual conversation, so the morning teas. Mm. Um, one that I was talking to is actually they set up the Zoom, so for the people who are in the, the kitchen, you know, in the office having morning tea, they put Zoom on so anybody who's at home can be part of that conversation. Now, it's not ideal, mm. but at least there's a sense that you're all hearing something similar, you're all hearing similar conversations, and yep. I think that helps. And they're, they're doing their weekly stand-up uh, similarly where they're mm. bringing Zoom to a bigger team meeting and, and trying to get the technology in place to make that work a bit better than it has been. Yeah. So I see some of that going on, but they're all grappling with this the individual thing which is Mm. the trust building and and that idea that you know as a leader trying to be open and be vulnerable and make that okay uh is actually difficult when you're having Mm. to do it across a number of platforms um or have conversations the same conversation in a sense with a number of different people because being being vulnerable with half your team doesn't really work you know, no. the, other, the other half of the team is then even more sort of separate and us and them. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I think with those team meetings, um, I was reading some different ways people were approaching this, and one that I thought was really interesting was to really totally avoid this us and them, all team meetings were happening on Zoom, even for the people that were in the office. And right. that kind of levelled the playing field, and I thought whilst some people might not love that. It is a good way to kind of level the playing field or those critical kind of meetings where you want everyone to come together yeah. to really avoid that us and them because, you know, whether you're in the next room or the next suburb, you're on Zoom. Yes. And, and look, I do know I, I'm working with a team who's 
started doing that, but they actually found that really, they felt really uncomfortable about mm. it because what they had was an office full of people all having the Too same much. conversation. <laughs> Yeah. And they ended up going back into the boardroom. So it is about finding what works, I think, isn't it? And some of that is going to be about technology because yes. I think at the moment we often don't have the technology set up to facilitate this sort of hybrid experience. And so I think that's going to be one of the things at a very practical level that leaders need to sort out so that they can keep people connected in these different ways. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to a business about onboarding virtual mm. staff and they've got a they've got a hybrid team, which they'll now have permanently. They never had before COVID. It was very in office. Yeah. Um, and they were asking how they should orientate and induct someone yes. differently. And so them, you know, really you want the exact same experience. So if that means you know, the first day should be all about getting them familiar with the environment. Now, obviously, they may not be sitting in your office, but get on a phone on Zoom or video call, however you're using it, show them around the office so that when they they feel that sense of safety and security and comfort, even though they've never walked in, they feel connected. Yeah. And similarly, get them to show you around their workspace, um, whether that be, you know, the dog or the cat or the photos or whatever it is. Yes. That sense of um, knowing each other that little bit better. So, you know, and that's not technology that all of us are used to using. Yeah, we got used to Zoom on our laptops, but then, okay, putting it on the phone and moving it around, it's a different thing again. So yes. you've got to be willing to try different things to find what works, I think. I think that's so true. And I think things like inductions become even more important. Mm. Um, and I wonder, maybe our next conversation should be about culture and how you maintain or and even build, but certainly maintain a culture with a hybrid team because again you know if we're defining culture as the way we do things around here what does that look like when we're not all around here you know when yeah. we're spread out yes absolutely and our next conversation yeah, definitely yeah culture is just yeah so so important to workplace success absolutely and critical yeah, yeah yeah it is it's 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 interesting but I think you know for the for leaders who want to build hybrid teams and it's going to be the, I think ultimately for many industries, if you don't offer this as an option, you're not going to be able to attract and retain the best people. So whether you love it or hate it, you're kind of going to get pulled along with the tide yes. and need to create a way that works. And if you have a team who don't trust each other and the us and the them, or there's a lack of trust between leadership and team, that's, you're going to be pushing uphill the whole time. So it's a foundational piece. You really got to get right, don't you, first up? Oh, totally. Look, I think it is one of the most important things. When I work with teams and we work through a, a, a Patrick Lencioni model quite often, and the fundamentals of that model is trust. Mm. If you don't have trust, you can't challenge one another. You can't, and if you can't challenge one another, how do you commit to things? You know, so it's just, it underpins everything. But that trust, that psychological safety, that knowing that you're all part of the team and that you've got each other's backs is so important. So, yes, yeah, so, again, we need to continue this conversation too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we've got practical trust, emotional trust, there's so much going on. So Exactly yeah. right. Yes. But you're right, that psychological safety, that's oh, fundamental. key. But, but, but having said that, just that predictive trust that you'll do what you said you will do. Yes. It's been really challenging for leaders in the past 12 months too, I think, as we've gone virtual, mm. you know, just being out, just having to trust that people will deliver and having to manage that too. Yes. Um, and, and build that trust. I think that's also been very challenging. So Yeah. Yeah. And those teams, those, you know, businesses that could 
measure productivity effectively, mm-hmm. found that much easier to get yeah. in place. Yeah. Well, but it's much clearer, isn't it? It's so much easier, yeah, where for so many businesses, they just relied on attendance as, yeah. you know, there's someone there, they must be doing their job. That was the kind of measure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for some businesses, it's been a real, you know, change, but a change that needed to happen and I think it's going to make better businesses. I totally agree. All right, look, let's keep talking about this stuff, Christy Lee. Thank you so much. No, it was great to be here. I'm looking forward to this series of chats. I think we've got about 12 months of conversations already lined up. So we might have to do it more more than monthly. But yeah, great to talk. Thank you so much. And I'll see you soon. Great. Thanks, Juliet. was the discussion between Juliet and I. I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was something a little different to bring you here on the podcast. Sometimes I share interviews and conduct interviews with special guests, but I thought this was a a good discussion that you might really enjoy listening into. As I mentioned earlier, Juliet and I have been co-hosting some discussions on leadership within Clubhouse. Now, if Clubhouse is a new concept to you. Clubhouse is basically a fairly new, although it's been around a little while now, audio-only social app is the best way I can describe it. It is, um, it's an app whereby you can join in conversations that people are having about particular topics. It was previously iOS only, but just moving over to Android now. So it's a, it was a bit of a club into <laughs> itself. And um, lots of people are having great discussions over there. So if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to have a little Google about Clubhouse, download the app and uh, join. You will need an invitation to join. And if you need one of those, I have a few spare. If you just shoot me an email, hello at peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au. I can sort you out with an invitation for Clubhouse if that's what you need. But if it's new to you, check it out. It's a really fun app. I'm really enjoying playing around with it and uh, participating in conversations as a guest and listening to conversations and also co-hosting these Clubhouse rooms with Juliet. So what we're doing over on Clubhouse is each week we are hosting uh, a one-hour room twice a week doing that at 8am on Wednesdays, 5.30pm on Thursdays at the moment. We're playing around with it, so those times and dates may change, but that's what we're working with currently. And each week we kind of focus in on a different topic around leadership. So for example, we've spoken about hybrid teams, we've spoken about trust in teams, we've spoken about um, self-awareness as a leader, so all different things. And you can participate in the conversation. Just get onto Clubhouse at the time that we're running those rooms and um, put your hand up, come on stage and join in the conversation. I'd absolutely love to see you there. So if you're keen to join us on Clubhouse, the best way to find us is to connect with me on Clubhouse, um, which is Christy Lee and Juliet is Juliet Robinson. And the club that we're hosting the conversations in is the People Powered Business Club, just like the podcast. So should be easy for you to remember. So if you head over and you can then follow or even join the People Powered Business Club, and then you get notified when we're planning on scheduling our discussions, um, which we're calling the Leadership Lounge discussions. So I'd love for you to join us on Clubhouse, join in the conversation. And if you do, let me know that you're a podcast listener because 
The world of podcasts is bizarre, but we don't know who's listening. So if you've heard this here and then you join us over on Clubhouse, feel free to let me know. I'd be super excited to hear from you. So I'd love for you to join us over on Clubhouse. So again, if you search for the People Powered Business Club and you follow that club, you'll get notified when we go live with these discussions. And I'd truly love for some of our People Powered Business podcast listeners to join us there in Clubhouse on those discussions. So that is a wrap for today's episode. I really hope you've enjoyed that discussion with Juliet and I can't wait to join you next week for episode 65 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Have a fabulous week. <music>